0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Upstate has a new director of critical care neurosurgery, and I'm speaking with him about this specialty. Dr. Timothy Butler is an assistant professor of neurosurgery and of neurology at Upstate, and he's medical director of critical care neurosurgery. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Butler. Hello. I noticed your undergraduate degree is in biomedical engineering. How did that lead you into neurosurgery?
1: So I actually have two undergraduate degrees. One's in uh, biomedical engineering, and one is in, in classics. The, the classics was just something I, you know, had a passion from uh, from from high school. Uh, but I, you know, I found studying Greek and Latin very useful. Uh, you know, going into medicine because a lot of the, the, the words have have similar roots. Uh, the biomedical engineering, I, I kind of stumbled into. To an engineering field because my, my dad always wanted all of the kids to have you know a stable career to fall back on, uh, and he was an engineer. Um, I had always wanted to go into medicine, but you know getting into medical school can be difficult. So uh, that was kind of my my uh, my fallback option if things didn't work out.
0: Well, I saw that during medical school, and you went to Case Western in Cleveland, right? Yes. So I saw that during your medical school, you at the same time got a master's degree in something called applied anatomy.
1: Yeah, and, what is uh, that? In uh, in my at my medical school, they had this uh, uh MD MS program, uh, which allowed you to uh, do extra coursework in anatomy uh, at the same time as the regular medical school curriculum, uh, and earn a master's in anatomy um, concurrent with the uh, the medical degree, um, and. I found that kind of very helpful in uh, in, in, in helping you know, learn the basic anatomy. I think you know doing that degree also kind of pushed me more towards pursuing a surgical career uh, as opposed to doing uh, uh, right a strictly uh, med- medical medical uh, specialty.
0: Interesting. Uh, well, now after medical school, how many years of education have you had since graduating from medical school?
1: So uh, I did a neurosurgery residency We actually completed here at Upstate. And the residency program uh, uh, for, for neurosurgery is seven years in length. Uh, during uh, my, my fifth year, which is kind of a, a research elective type of year, um, I, I chose to do a fellowship in uh, neurocritical care uh, so that uh, after I graduate, I could uh, take care of the critically ill patients uh, in the neuroICU. In addition to my regular functions, uh, uh, I care of uh, neurosurgical patients.
0: So what kind of person do you think is best suited for neurosurgery? Do you, have you thought about the person you are and how, you know, what your character traits are, are most helpful in neurosurgery?
1: I, I think in, in neurosurgery, it's a, a difficult career to go into because uh, there's a, the, a lot of patients who uh, uh, who you get, uh, you know, not so much, you know, from electively, but the patients who come in on call, they're, they're very sick when they come in. They have many, many deficits, either speech or voter deficits from strokes or eating, um or, or tumors. And, uh, you know, these patients um, are, are coming to you uh, during a, a difficult time in their life, uh, and not all of the patients that you're treating are, are going to have good outcomes. So I think Part of going into neurosurgery is that you have to uh, be able to uh, treat difficult patients, patients who may not always have good uh, clinical outcomes and, and be able to, you know, have the, you know, kind of resolve to, and, and, and compassion uh, to, to um, make it through uh, the difficult times that these people go through. I, I think in addition to, to that in the surgical, you know, we, we deal in, um, you, know, you know, millimeters uh, can make a difference between causing uh, deficits in patients uh, and, and, and patients having uh, improved clinical outcomes.
0: Right. Wow. I imagine no two days are the same for you as Director of Critical Care Neurosurgery, but can you tell us what your day is typically like?
1: So my my typical day, you know, it, it depends on uh, whether I'm on the uh, uh, the, the, the ICU service, or whether uh, you know it's it's uh, you know one of my off weeks from ICU. Uh, so you know if I'm on the ICU service, I you know, get into the hospital you know uh, early in the morning and I stay pretty much the entire day. Uh, you know rounding on patients, talking to patients' families, uh, and then you know of course whatever whatever physician loves writing the notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, the, for the day.
0: Let me interrupt. Uh, when you say ICU, is that intensive care unit or is it a special unit for neurologically uh, affected? So most
1: of our our patients are in a, a special neuro uh, intensive care unit called the Neuro ICU. Uh, here at Upstate, we have one of the largest uh, uh, neuro ICUs kind of regionally. Um, uh, you know, it has uh, twenty-seven ICU beds. Uh, which is, is quite a, a, a large uh, intensive care unit, uh, especially one that's just dedicated to, to the care of uh, uh, patients with neurologic injuries.
0: All right. So you have some days where you're operating on patients.
1: Yeah. Some days I'm operating on day- patients. The days that I don't, uh, uh, that I'm not scheduled to uh, be in the intensive care unit. Uh, I, uh, I I do have Uh, elective patients that I see in in clinic and operate electively like, uh, you know, pretty much every other uh, neurosurgeon.
0: So what are uh, some of the types of conditions that you find yourself treating most frequently?
1: So, you know, most, well, it it, it depends, you know, in the ICU, uh, there are some ICU specific uh, conditions that I find myself commonly treating, you know, you know, these are people who have very large strokes either you know ischemic strokes or hemorrhagic strokes uh who need you know, kind of emergency surgery um uh to, to survive uh and uh and then you know also when i'm on i'm on service i also frequently have patients who develop a condition called hydrocephalus where they, they need to have either uh, a, a temporary drain called an external ventricular drain or a permanent drain called a shunt uh, put in uh, uh, to prevent fluid from building up. And my non-ICU uh, weeks, you know, I see a variety of patients in, in clinic, whether they have brain tumors or degenerative spine conditions uh, or, you know, normal pressure hydrocephalus, uh, all, all of those patients, um, you know, I, I see in treatment in clinic as well.
0: So from what I understand, Upstate has not had a neurosurgeon in this position before overseeing neuro, uh, critical care for neurosurgery. Um, what, what does this mean for the institution?
1: So um, I, I'm kind of the first neurosurgeon trained in, in uh, critical, uh, specifically in critical care management uh, for, for neuro ICU. Uh, so neurosurgeons, as part of their training, a lot of the patients are in the neuro ICU, but over the last you know, 20, 30 years ago, there's become this new um, medical subspecialty called neurocritical care, um, where you have an intensivist team like a, a medical ICU or a surgical ICU, but in this case just focus specifically on treating neurologic conditions are, that are critically ill. Most of the uh, neurointensivists are, are trained as neurologists, um, but you know there are some you know, anesthesiologists uh, uh, as well uh, trained train in a subspecialty you know, as an institution, having a neurosurgeon in the ICU is important because ICU care is really interdisciplinary. It requires uh, uh, having people from multiple different backgrounds to treat these complex conditions and having, you know, a neurosurgeon there, I, I kind of bring uh, to the unit and uh, bring to the collaborative effort, you know, some, some more uh, surgically-oriented treatments. As opposed to uh, some of the more medically oriented treatments that got, you know, other intensivists are, are more comfortable in trained.
0: So, what would you say to someone who has a loved one who's being cared for on the neuro uh, intensive care unit? Is there anything that loved ones can do
1: to help? Well, I, I think it's it's you know it's a little difficult now given the you know current restrictions with COVID um, with visitation hours, but I think you know just being able to, to visit loved ones is very important for those who are recovering. Uh, what I always tell uh, family members when they see loved ones who are in the ICU, uh, especially the neuro, uh, neuro ICU, is that many of these conditions, many of these deficits that patients may have while they're in the ICU will get better with time. Uh, it just is not a, a time frame that w- we will see a difference from hour to hour and day to day, you know, these neurologic conditions when people have large strokes, when people have, you know, weakness from, from uh, tumors or meaning, uh, when people have traumatic brain injury, you know, these types of deficits take a long time for patients to get better. Uh, and, and so we really deal with not even days or weeks, but really, you know, uh, months and, and, and couple of years for patients to, to get back to normal. So I, I would I counsel them to, to kind of be patient and, and listen to, to what the physicians are saying because sometimes it's very difficult, you know, even for the physicians to know if a patient has a, a, a poor exam, whether or not they're going to recover, especially when we're dealing with, you know, kind of a, a short-term, um, uh, you know, a, a short period of time in, in the intensive care unit. Uh, but what I can say is that having you know, seen some, some of these patients, you know, several months or even a year or two out, uh, some patients do have good outcomes, even if they look very sick and have very poor exams.
0: That's encouraging. Well, I understand you've got a research interest in traumatic brain injury. Can you tell us a little about the work you've done in that in that area?
1: So, uh, one of my interests is, is, is in traumatic brain injury. I, I have an you know, interest in, 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 in kind of the, the, the surgical management and uh, the um, ICU management of, of these patients. Um, you know, Some of the recommendations for, for patients who have severe traumatic brain injury is that they have what we call intracranial pressure monitoring. And these are the monitors that go into the head for those who are, have severe brain injury. You know, these people who have severe brain injury uh, essentially are in kind of a coma um, from from the the injury, Uh, and you know we we put these monitors in to make sure that the pressure doesn't get too high. But you know, one of the kind of you know gray areas in in medicine and neurosurgery is you know what to do when the pressure gets high. We have some medications that can help keep the pressure low. And we know that doing a large uh, surgery to uh, take off half of the patient's skull will relieve the pressure. But the question is, is whether these patients will do better in the long term. And the literature really is kind of inconclusive, you know, of what the best way to manage these patients are. So, you know, one of my interests is, is, is to try to see, you know, if, if uh, you know, surgery versus you know, medical management. It's really the best way to, to treat people with these kinds of injuries.
0: Oh, well, interesting. Well, I'm glad to get to know you. Uh thank you to my guest, Dr. Timothy Butler, a specialist in neurocritical care at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, Healthlink on Air.